0: To quote Julie Andrews, let's start at the very beginning. (laughs) And then she goes on to say, when you read, you begin with the ABCs, right? So what I thought we'd do is we'd start a fun series on the ABCs of public speaking. My intention for this series is to walk you through the main things that you get to keep in mind, focus on and think about when you are preparing for any kind of presentation or to speak in front of any kind of audience. So we're going to run through the literal ABCs of public speaking, starting with A, B, and C today. Let's get into it. There is an obvious lack of leadership in the world. Nations without effective governments, businesses unable to adapt to crisis and change, schools where adults are afraid of children and families that have lost their standing as the foundation of society. Is there any hope? What can anyone do to change this grim outlook? This is Sincerely Speaking, and here we will explore how self-leadership and the pillars of clarity, communication, connection, and competence can ignite the fire of change, one spark at a time. I am Marcia Amaro, and I welcome you to this open conversation here in Sincerely Speaking. So I don't know about you, but I was a pretty precocious child, especially in my very, very early years. And one of the things that I did was that I learned to read before I was supposed to. I loved the idea of matching my siblings, my two older brothers in everything that they did. So when they sat down to study, I would sit down to study with them. And one of the things that I came to realize later on in life was that when you pay attention to what the people who have gone before you have done, you accept. Accelerate the process of getting to where you want to be. See, when I was little, when I was four or five, I really wanted to learn to read. I really wanted to do the things that my older brothers did. And how did I do it? Well, I would do the things that they were doing. So if they sat down with a book, I would sit down with a book and I would try to imitate and follow the things that they were doing. Now, not only did that put me in the right place to learn the things I wanted to learn, but it also motivated the people around me, like my mom and my dad and even my siblings to help me get the skills that I needed. So it wasn't just that I sat there with a book and magically mysteriously learned to read. It was that I would sit there with a book and my mom would pay attention and see that I was sitting there with a book and would teach me a little something just for fun, just to see what would happen. And then my brothers would get a kick out of seeing their little four-year-old sister reading. And they would be like, okay, so try this one. And they would tease me, but in the process, they would also teach me. And That took me down a path where I accelerated the process of learning to read. And it wasn't that I wasn't that I was like this ultra genius kid. I'm not. It was just that I was paying attention and I was looking to what the ones who knew were doing, and I was imitating what the ones who knew were doing. And one of the things that I want to impress upon you is that as I go through this ABCs of Public Speaking series, which is probably going to be three or four episodes, I wanted to really pay attention not so much to the words that I'm using, but to how they get to build one on top of the other, how they mesh and connect together, and how you can find a pattern or a system for following the steps that not just me, but most of the effective public speakers out there use and do. So again, as we go through the ABCs, and today we're going to focus specifically on A, B, and C, I want you to think not so much about the words that I am going to use or the titles that I'm going to give to things, but think more about the examples that I'm going to give you. And try to look for evidence around you of speakers that you admire, speakers that you follow or that you would like to be like, that you would like to imitate. And think about how that particular concept that I'm talking about is reflected in the way that they do things, right? And that is where we are all going to gain the most out of this experience. So if you're ready, here's letter A. Letter A is awareness, awareness. And we can also talk about audience under letter A. And for me, they go hand in hand. When I talk about awareness, I'm talking about being really present and really conscious of not just you, your emotions, your experiences, how you are showing up, but also about the audience and what they are projecting back to you. See, here's one thing that very effective Um, very skilled public speakers, or really speakers in general, bring to the table. And it's the fact that they intuitively or through practice have learned that whatever they are getting from the audience is what they are putting out there in the world. So they understand that they don't get anything from the audience that they are not in one way or another creating. So what do I mean by this? When you look at, for example, uh, Tony Robbins, and I'm just using him because he's a very well-known public speaker that has been in this business for forever, right? for over 40 years, I believe, last time I heard him speak. When he is on a stage, he has a process that he's going to go through. He has a curriculum that he's going to cover. And he has materials that he's going to present. And he has an order and an organization. And he's extremely organized. And he has done this so much that he knows exactly what comes when and why. Right. So he has a method to his madness. And he has an organization and a reason. But... He's also extremely aware of when his audience is sending back to him tension, confusion, tiredness, or anything else that could block them from learning what they need to learn. So when you clearly and and objectively sit down and look at what Tony Robbins does in any presentation, you're going to notice that there is a time in which he might say, oh, let's go to this, or let's play some music, or let me go do an intervention. Right. And when he does these things, yes, he has a lot of it planned, but he's also being keenly aware of where his audience is. And if he sees that he's losing his audience's attention, he might cut to some music before he's even ready at that stage or before it's on the agenda. Or he might cut to an intervention that wasn't fully 100% in the plans. He just goes to what his audience needs. And in doing so, he keeps his audience's attention. When you look at um, great comics, right? So for example, you look at, uh, I love Tim Allen. So a Tim Allen or a Kevin Hart or any big, good comic. When they're doing improv or when they're on stage with a live audience, you see them playing back and forth with the audience. You see them playing off of what they observe in the audience and what they hear from the audience and what they sense from the audience. And not just does that keep him or her very aware of what they're doing, keeps them in the moment, keeps them present, but it also keeps the audience's attention because they wonder, are they gonna call on me next? Is it gonna be about me the next time? Or what are they gonna do next? So it keeps them guessing as to what's gonna happen next. And that comes from an elevated level of awareness about their audience, right? So when you get to the point where you can understand what your audience needs and you can feel the energy that the audience is reflecting back to you, then that will put you in a state where you can actually deliver at your highest caliber. Now, let's pause for a minute and talk about the elephant in the room. Yes, Marcy, that's all well and good, but if I'm shaking in my boots, if I can barely stay on my feet, if I am so nervous, I can't see, Then, how am I going to develop this awareness? Well, we will talk about confidence separately. And in fact, I have a bunch of episodes on my podcast about how to be confident on stage, about how to develop this boldness and this charisma and this authenticity on stage that is going to allow you to act in a way that you are fully confident and that the nervousness dissipates and all these things. And in fact, if you want a deeper dive into how to develop this confidence on stage, you can head on over to marciamara.com forward slash U-G-S-C. I had to write it down, U-G-S-C. So marciamara.com forward slash U-G-S-C so that you can download and access The Ultimate Guide to Speaking Confidence. And it will walk you through all the things that you need to do to be bold confident and charismatic on any stage. So you can go and head on over to that. But here's the bottom line. Once you start becoming really, truly, keenly aware of your state, of that nervousness, of that sense of fear, of that sense of being uncomfortable on the stage, then you can start taking steps to correct it. And you can start taking steps to moving forward in doing this. Now, I will give you a Quick, quick hack. And this is not my hack. This hack I learned from reading the book, The Charisma Myth by Olivia Fox Cobain. And I mention her a lot because that book is amazing. You should read it if you haven't. But the hack that she presents in that book is this You know how very often we are told or we hear that if you are nervous on stage, you should picture your audience naked? Well, she presents a completely different approach to that technique. And it is to envision your audience with angel swings. Now, she says, and I concur, that when you can envision your audience as benevolent beings who have your best at heart, your best well-being at heart, then that nervousness starts to dissipate. And I suggest that you try. Like, really look out at your audience. Take a deep breath. Now, pauses are powerful. So don't feel awkward about pausing. Pausing is important. Get on the stage. Take a deep breath. Look at your audience. And imagine them with angel's wings. That is going to take you a long, 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 long way. And I hope you try it and let me know how it goes. But at any event, there are steps to take to get past that nervousness and into the awareness. And actually, believe it or not, the being present in the moment, the deciding that you're going to enjoy every part of that process, the deciding that you're there to serve them, and not necessarily to feel good. And the fact that you're going to be focusing on trying to perceive and see what the audience is reflecting back to you is going to move you further and faster past that point of nervousness than you have ever imagined. So believe it or not, the awareness piece is going to help you with the nervousness and the lack of confidence if that is something that you struggle with. So again, the A is awareness and paying attention to your audience. Then we move on to the B. Now, listen carefully, because the B is one of the main reasons why so many presentations and public speaking engagements flop. And the B stands for benefits, benefits. And I am going to explain, but I am going to start by explaining it with a little story. As you might be aware, in my previous life, (laughs) meaning before I became an entrepreneur, I was a teacher and I taught English. I taught English at every possible level, including college. Now, one of the things that I learned really, really quickly is that college students who were required (laughs) to take composition didn't really, for the most part, enjoy English or composition. See, most of the time, The students that still have to take comp one-on-one when they get to college are the kids who refuse to advance or accelerate their comp requirements while in high school because they hate English and they hate writing. So I had a lot of kids in my class who really did not like reading or writing at all. So what I used to do when I had those composition classes in college, and it all obviously depends on what institution you're in, but it just so happened that I taught in a college called Southeastern University. You can look it up, which is a Christian college. And a lot of, if not 100% of the kids that sat in front of me had in mind some sort of connection to ministry. They wanted to do something related to ministry and to the church at some point in their lives. And so my go-to (laughs) my go-to at the beginning of every semester was instead of focusing on explaining why me, why they were so lucky to have me as a professor and why composition was the most amazing thing on the planet and they were just going to love it, I leveled with them and I told them, okay, I know 99% of you, if not 100% of you hate English. Be honest. I'm not going to be offended. You hate English. You hate composition. You hate that you have to be in this class. But you are going to learn why this is the best thing that could have ever happened to you. And I went through and I listed all the benefits of getting good at composition i talked about how it has been proven that the people who improve their language and their writing skills actually excel in business i went ahead and i explained the connections between being able to write good copy and being a good salesperson i explained the connections between ministry and being able to effectively communicate your message in a way that resonates with your audience. And I went on and I listed benefit after benefit after benefit, thinking about every possible route, right, that they wanted to take their careers and their lives into and linking what I was going to teach them to some sort of benefit that they could tap into as they advanced their careers. And lo and behold, for the most part, not all of them, But most of them bought into the idea that composition was a good thing and that they needed to do well in the class for their own benefit, not just to fulfill a requirement so that they could graduate. And for the most part, I'm just not saying this to brag, but it just fills me with with pride and with awe, right? For the most part, the kids that took my class came back to Comp 2 excited about being in Comp 2. And they came back with all these stories about what they were planning. A lot of them that had never even considered writing a book at some point were like, you know what, miss, I'm actually thinking I might need to write a book at some point. (laughs) And they were really excited about the idea of using composition towards their dream, towards what they wanted to do. And so being able to not just connect your audience to the benefits that they will get from the information that you're delivering. But you yourself being really clear before you even start to outline or plan out your presentation, what you're going to deliver, what you're going to say, to be really clear on what benefits you're bringing to your audience, in what way is sitting through whatever you have to say beneficial for them before you even plan it so that you can align everything towards delivering those benefits and those results, that is going to propel your presentation and your public speech to a different level. I mean, motivation is wonderful. Motivation is important. And motivation makes you feel like you can conquer the world, but it lasts two seconds. So if you can tie your presentation, the information that you're delivering to a greater benefit that they will get to reap time and time and time and time again, that is going to take your presentation to the next level. So before your next presentation, before your next speech, before your next meeting, before your next conversation with your significant other, before any interaction where you get to share or present your vision with someone else, take the time to really understand how they will benefit from the information you're presenting and make sure that everything you say in your presentation, in your conversation, in your speech, leads them to seeing the connection between what you're saying And how they will benefit. And then we get to the C. The C stands for connection. Connection. Now you are looking to connect with other human beings. That is the only reason why we ever speak. Period. We only speak because we're looking to connect with other human beings. If we're not looking to connect with other human beings, we can keep it to ourselves. We can just do all self-talk. We can be quiet. We can... I don't know, whatever, we can swallow it up. But the moment we decide to open our mouth and speak, it's because we are looking to somehow connect or make some sort of uh, interaction happen with another human being. We are looking to share, explain, inform, entertain, in some way, make a connection with another human being. Now, the problem is that most of the time when we're doing most public speaking and I say most right and even in quotation marks because for me public speaking goes beyond and as you have seen beyond the stage right so this podcast is public speaking Um, a conversation with your significant other for me is public speaking an interview a job interview or when you're being interviewed on a show or on a podcast all of those things to me constitute public speaking right but one of the problems that we tend to have is that we enter into the space thinking that the point is to say what we want to say to share what we have to offer or to give some sort of information that for whatever reason we think is important and we keep thinking about we right you think about you I think about me what do i want to say why is it important to me that doesn't matter You're looking to build a connection and a connection is a bridge, right? So think about two sides of a cliff. How do you get to the person that's on the other side of the cliff? You get to build a bridge and that bridge is the communication, right? The speech, the presentation, the conversation, the podcast, the video, whatever it is that you're using to communicate, that is the bridge. And you get to build that bridge To create that connection so that you two can meet either on the same side or in the middle. So that you two can meet and continue the interaction. So the main thing with connection is understanding that this is not a one and done. Whatever it is. And there's a reason why I made that face. And if you're listening on the podcast, I made like I smirked. Because... Most people are so eager to get past their presentation or past delivering their information or past whatever it is because they're uncomfortable, right? They're nervous about how the information is going to be received. They're anticipating how the other person is going to react or how the other people are going to react. And they're just quickly trying to get through what they have rehearsed, what they have practiced, what they have prepared. And they're not really thinking about the connection piece in between. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a conversation where the other person is so focused on getting their message out that they're not listening to you? Like the person starts talking and as soon as they say the first couple of things, you're like, yeah, I agree. But they just keep talking, trying to convince you. And you had already agreed. And half an hour later, they're still trying to convince you, and you had already agreed. And now you're thinking, should I disagree? Did I miss something? (laughs) Am I wrong now? Right? So you second guess what you were thinking, and you don't get the most out of the interaction because instead of working on connection, the person was focused on delivery, and just giving the information and just spitting out what they needed to get out. And obviously we're going to talk about delivery in this, in this series, but the point is that if the focus is on connection not only is your energy going to be different because you're not out there trying to convince anybody trying to persuade anybody you're not anticipating any kind of reaction or any kind of response to what you are saying and you're not worried about whether the information is perfect or not what you are concerned with is making that connection with the other human being do you get my saying do you get my drift raise your hand if you do Even if I can't see you, raise your hand if you connect with what I'm saying. Because when we turn presentations, public speaking, into conversations where the end result that we're looking for or our end goal is to connect with the person or people on the other side, then everything shifts. And everything changes because now I'm going to think about not just the information that I'm going to present, but I'm going to think about, first of all, how can I present it in a way that will make sense? They're not in my head. They don't think the same way I do. So what tools can I use? Can I find some stories? Can I find some metaphors? Can I find some sort of connection that they will, or some sort of idea, right? That they will be able to connect with and understand and how can I present that idea effectively so that they feel drawn into the conversation? How do I invite them to be part of the conversation? A conversation is never one way. So how can I add pauses, questions, suggestions, in a way that allows the person on the other end, even if I'm virtual, even if I'm not seeing their faces, even if it's pre-recorded, how do I invite the other person into the conversation in a way that allows them to feel like they are an integral part of it? And it also changes even the visual aids that I use. Because now I'm looking to connect. I'm not just looking to give information. So any visual aids that I use, if I'm live or if I'm on a video where I'm using slides or whatever, I'm going to think about, okay, is this really going to enhance the connection or create a bigger gap? Is this going to draw them into what I'm saying or make it so that they check out? Yes. And if I'm focused on connection, then I'm trying to tap into the heart of the person that I'm talking to. And that's where if you're in business, you hear people talk all the time about your ideal client avatar and speak to one person and make sure that that one person is who you're talking to and make sure that you have them in your heart and in your mind when you're creating any kind of content, because that creates that element of connection. Because if I'm talking to one person in particular, and I know their pains, I know their frustrations, I know their heart, I know where they want to go, I know what they want to accomplish, then I can work on connecting whatever it is that I'm saying, whatever it is that I'm presenting, whatever idea it is that I'm offering to where they are, where they want to be, and to a pain that they're trying to get rid of. And I can create that connection by looking closely at what that person needs. Now, you can have an actual audience in front of you. Research, get to know them as much as you can so that you can focus on creating that deeper connection. And let me offer right now, that speaking is actually the fastest and most effective way to create that connection. Because when you speak, you can add your own inflection, your own tone. You can add pauses at the right place. If you are in a space where they can see you, your body language, your smile is going to reflect so much of what you feel and how you're trying to connect with them is going to make you so much more human than a book or a blog. Blogs are nice, but you know. So here's what I get to offer. If you want to create any kind of connection with any audience, whether it's an audience of one or an audience of millions, then I am going to suggest that the fastest and most effective way to get to that space of clarity as to what your message gets to be and how you get to present it in a way that connects with other human beings. Get the confidence that you've been just dying for to be able to be bold in presenting your information, to get to be fully yourself and fully natural and comfortable in front of the camera or on the stage in front of the people or simply across the table from the person that you get to talk to. If you're looking to be seen as an authority, to gain that credibility as the expert in whatever it is that you're talking about, then having your own online show is the way to go. That is the way to go. I mean, people are out there frantically looking for stages to speak on. You get to be the one who offers the stage. People are out there frantically looking for opportunities for keynote speaking or TED Talks. You get to create the stage where you and others can share their message with the world. Creating your own online show is the fastest and most effective way to be seen as an authority, not just because you get to deliver your message in your own platform, but because you get to invite others into your space. And when people see you in proximity to other experts, when people see you in proximity to all these people who have amazing messages to deliver, then that elevates you to another level of authority and not just that you get to create these amazing connections where when you are the one who wants to spread your message farther and faster now you have all these other outside connections that you can pull on because you have already offered a stage or you have a stage to exchange for the one that you want. So if you're interested in knowing how to start your show I have a workshop coming up December 20th, 21st, and 22nd of 2022. So 20 through 22 of 2022. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. And if you're watching this after those dates, fear not, there's ways for you to catch the replays, but head on over to starturshow.com. Start, you are, the letters, you are, show.com, starturshow.com for all the details to register and to get all the information you need so that you can benefit from this amazing free challenge that I put together just. For you, December 20th, 21st, and 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern we start. There will be replays and there are options for you to have access to the replays for the rest of your life if you want them, but just head on over to StartYourShow.com. Trust me, this is going to be the best spent time before the holidays. I mean, think about it. Before Christmas, before the end of the year, you can have your show up and running and spreading your message out there and start applying these ABCs that we're talking about. So again, StartYouAreShow.com. And just to recap, the ABCs that we started with today. A is awareness. Be aware of yourself and of your audience and execute in accordance to what you're getting reflected back from your audience. B is benefits. Make sure that you are tying your conversation, your presentation to something that will benefit the other person or people the ones who are listening to your message, and clearly state and identify what those benefits are as part of your presentation or your conversation. And then finally, the C is connect. Understand that the ultimate purpose of any presentation, of any conversation, of any delivery, is to connect with the other person or people who are listening to your conversation, who are listening to what you have to say. So make sure that your intention ultimately, that your final goal is to connect and to create deep, 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 intimate relationships with the people who are in front of you. And your heart will shift in such a way that you will be more confident, that you will be able to deliver in a new level. And you will be so in touch with your audience and that awareness piece is going to take care of itself. So again, awareness, benefits, and connection. Now, I hope this has been helpful. If it has, please share it with someone in your life who you know can benefit from it. And again, don't forget to head on over to startyourshow.com, startyourshow.com so that you can register for our challenge that starts December 20th. Until then, this is Marcia Amaro, and this has been Sincerely Speaking.